0: And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta journal Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is June 7th, 2019, and Atlanta United, after I, I'm i describing it as a late defensive lapse, but I'm not quite sure by whom, uh, come out with a 3-3 draw against New York Red Bulls today. Atlanta United took a 3-2 lead in the first minute of stoppage time after a fantastic header by Joseph Martinez. This is a world-class header, a world-class goal, and then two minutes later, a pass splits Atlanta United's two center backs. Frank, I'm counting Franco Escobar as a center back on this play because he had slid over to an unmarked Bradley Wright Phillips, standing eight yards from goal for the type of goal that he has made a career out of scoring in Major League Soccer. Um, I'm joined as always by Jason Longshore of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.net. Before I get to Jason, let me do the house cleaning super quick. Justin Miram. Opened the scoring in the 10th minute with his third goal in his past two starts. Both here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. A fantastic goal off a very easy but nice pass by Pitti Martinez. I say easy, not that anybody could yeah, hit it, but same. it was well yeah. hit. <laughs> he, was he, made it, he made it look easy. Um, then Daniel Royer scores in the 37th minute after some poor defending by Atlanta United. Red Bulls again in the 60th minute by White after some more poor defending by Atlanta United. Joseph Martinez in the first minute of stoppage time. And then Bradley Wright Phillips in the third minute of stoppage time as Atlanta United falls to 0-4-2 in the regular season all-time against Red Bulls. Now, Jason, Atlanta United was just hammered by Chicago 5-1 on Wednesday. Frank DeBoer said he wanted to show, wanted the team to show some character today. Did they show some character today?
1: They did. They, they showed character in a good opening 30 minutes. They showed way too much timid play in the next 40 or so, the last 15 of the first half, and then the, the first – maybe 25 to 30 in the second half, they backed off too much. And you can't play that way against the Red Bulls because you know how they're going to play. They're going to go in strong for every challenge. They're going to get in your face about everything on the field. They're not going to let you breathe. And Atlanta United didn't have a 90-minute performance today. I think the Red Bulls were the better team on the whole. Mm -hmm. However, then Atlanta showed a ton of character coming back and, and forcing a play to earn a penalty. And I think it was a penalty. I don't think there's a whole lot of argument to be given the other way. And it's a play where Ambrose and Escobar both combine to flick the ball on. It gets to Joseph. He earns the penalty. Darlington Nagby showed, I think, more character than anyone in the fight that he gave you in the last 20, 25 minutes of the second half, dragging this team back into it. Escobar with a perfect ball to Joseph in stoppage time should be the storybook conclusion that should be the final chapter and everybody goes home happy and then you fall apart and that's where like there's so many things to take out of this that are good and bad and that's what's tough about it because the good should be talked about and and you should give the team a ton of credit for coming back and you should give the team a ton of credit for the way they started the middle and the very very end you just can't have happen
0: right now we're gonna kind of bounce around a little bit here on the the goal that ended up resulting in a draw Red Bulls had the ball on the right near the sideline Don Dagby had moved over to pressure I think it was Royer on the no,
1: Royer was out at that point
0: uh, then it was uh, Caseras yes on on that side. Uh, Michael Parkhurst, who came in at center back when Flo Pogba left early with a hamstring, slid over to pick up his man, and Miles Robinson had slid over. So both center backs were on the right side, as you're looking at the goal, right side of the penalty box, okay? So then Franco Escobar slid over. So in effect, Robinson and Franco were kind of the two centrally positioned defenders on the play. The pass came in as the as the pass curled in, it was only hit like a yard off the ground, but it was hit well. Robinson's man ran toward the near post. Robinson ran with him. Yep. You can argue Robinson probably should have stopped turn and tried to get a foot on that pass, but he's, you know, you're trained to go with your man, not let a runner go free, so that's what he did. Franco's man went to the back post. So Franco ran with him. He wasn't in position to get to that ball unless it made its way through. Parkhurst was out of the play altogether because he was much closer to the right side. The ball was way behind him.
1: He went with the first man who split off. So made the run down the line.
0: We're going through the players now. So then Bradley Wright Phillips, I'm guessing, probably should have been marked by Laurentowitz. Should have dropped back between the center backs. I've watched the video a few times. It looked like he was marking another player near him. So, in effect, Red Bulls kind of created two overloads on the right and the center, and there just wasn't enough communication. Perfect pass, right right, Phillips with a tying goal.
1: It's, it's communication. I mean, that's what it comes down to because Parkhurst gets pulled out by a runner that, if they want to play it down the line in that moment, let them play it down the line robinson makes the run to the player that really it felt like parker should have had but robinson is making a run away from the danger area in a moment that you can't leave the danger area in front of the goal escobar is slow to react to it and he also has another man that he has to deal with because honestly to me the most dangerous thing happened with the ball to to bradley wright phillips the second most dangerous thing would have been a ball to the back post and brought back across the least dangerous thing would have been a ball down the line where you could have had then lorenowitz drop even deeper and he didn't react to any of these things happening which he's got late runners to deal with too you can't have those moments of indecision and bad decisions because then you give up tying goals i would have for me i mean it's 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 Parkhurst and Robinson who get dragged out of position by runs more so than anyone else they're the two who have to stay central because they are your two center backs and they were your two players that were maybe the furthest away from where they should have been
0: Yeah. Because so now working backward we've already discussed the beautiful headed goal by uh, Martinez his 12th goal this season extends his team lead to I think the, the kind of moment that the three moments that kind of changed it laying out its offense a little bit. The first was pithy Martinez was subbed off for Brandon Vasquez, and I'm going to tell you why in just a second. And then Jeff Lornowitz coming on. We just banged on Lornowitz a little bit for his play on the the goal. Lornowitz was also given a red card after the game for a shove of Caceres, a shove and a stomping on the foot. The red card was for violent conduct. Um, It's a ticky-tack kind of a play that you see happen quite frequently. If Lawrence was going to get a red card, it probably should have been on the shove down of Ruskowski earlier in the game when he and Franco Escobar were going face-to-face. But that was waved off. But anyway, so Pitti comes out. Now, I want to get into this for a second. Jason's got to listen. I get accused on Twitter of really picking on Pitti. Uh, that I'm a negative beat writer about pity, It's not anything to do with my feelings about pity. I'm just describing the plays I'm seeing. And unfortunately, since the Orlando game, Pitti Martinez has made a lot of bad plays. It's a ton of turnovers. So if it seems like I'm being negative toward pity, I'm not. I'm just describing what's going on. If you look on my timeline, you'll see I said I think he could still be a 10-goal, 10 10-assist 10 guy this season, I think all these plays that he's trying eventually are going to even out and work for him. They're just not working right now. But today, as was the case against Montreal, Pitti had a sequence of about 8 to 10 minutes where he just had giveaway after giveaway after giveaway. He, and on top of that, he wasn't winning duels. That's why Frank said, I pulled him out. He said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but the point is the same. I need 11 guys who are working hard. That's Frank's quote. From that, the inference is Pitti wasn't working hard enough. He brings on Vasquez. About 10 minutes later or so, he brings on Lerunowitz. And suddenly these duels and these long balls that Atlanta United aren't winning, they are winning. Suddenly the middle of the field opens up because Pitti isn't there anymore. And Nagby has all these creases that he's running up and down, attacking the goal, which... Has been a complaint about Nagby in the past, but that he did well in those 20 minutes. Um, but it's going to give Frank, I think, quite a bit to think about going into the Seattle game next Sunday.
1: I think a little bit, too, is the way this game was. And that's where you get to the decision about pulling 50 Martinez. It worked. It changed the game. How many duels did Brandon Vasquez win, though?
0: I don't know, but he said frank no I, the I game know, I, know, I don't know but this, well,
1: this what is this is something that's that's very important yeah 0, Zero 05 jeff lorenowitz had two duels so those players directly didn't change it the attitude changed a bit mm-hmm. because it needed to at that stage and and jeff lorenowitz definitely brought aggression to the team that was my most frustrating thing about where the game was at that stage is new york was first to every ball you look at the duels actually the second half Atlanta United you know, was better in the duels than the first half and they were better than 50% all the way through. The aggression was bad in the last 15 of the first half and the first 30 of the second half. New York was putting their stamp on the game. In that game, Pity Martinez is a luxury player. That's not his game. He's not going to win a bunch of duels in midfield for you. He didn't for River Plate. He didn't when he was called up to the Argentine national team. That's not where he's going to be effective. He wasn't going to be effective in those moments today. He was effective in creating the first goal. It's a very good pass from him to open the play mm-hmm. up. It was perfectly weighted because it gave Justin Meram three different decisions that he could make there. And Meram's first touch then left Duncan in the, in the dust. It's, it's a moment where I think what Frank said 100% I agree that at that point in the game you needed players who were going to fight. That's not where Pitty Martinez is effective. Pitty Martinez is most effective in games where you have a lot of the ball and you're able to get him into places where he can make things happen with his 1v1 ability. That wasn't a game today. That was not it. He was not effective. I don't think right now he is an automatic player that you start at this moment. Not in current form. I think Justin Meram has to be. Yeah. I think Ezekiel Barco, when he's healthy, is 100% that guy. And in the other spot, you're going to be playing the hot hand. And if it's Pity, it's Pity. If it's Gressel, it's Gressel. If it's whoever, it's whoever. That's where you're at right now. And... Some, again, it's just the reaction in, in Twitter Has Pitti Martinez been the player that we saw at River Plate last year? No he, ha, he, he has not been that player Has he had moments? Yeah, absolutely Has he been all bad? Is it a, a horrible purchase? Well, if you're going to judge it by six months Then you wouldn't have Ezekiel Barco here either And there was a lot of overreaction about that pitti has got to play better Flat out He's got to play better He didn't lead the team in giveaways today either it's it's a moment where Pitti's got to step up and make himself stay in these games. He's not. And if he's not, then you turn to somebody else to change the team up. And Frank DeBoer did that. And for all the criticisms of DeBoer at the beginning of the season, look, one thing that I felt like he has nailed from the beginning is his substitutions. When he changes the game with his subs... They've been very effective, and he did it again today. It changed the attitude of the team. Vasquez fought in that role because he has to. Brandon Vasquez doesn't have the same skill set as Pitti Martinez. Jeff Lorenowitz is a completely different kind of player, and you know what he's going to bring to the table. They changed the personality of the team in a moment where it had to change.
0: Two more points about Pitti's sub. Uh, if you're curious, he had 45 touches, 27 total passes, a 66.7% passing accuracy, uh, which was the same as Julian Gressel's uh, 667 Yeah, the team this, was like
1: 72. Yeah,
0: this is the second time in as many home games that DeBoer has basically called out pity. After the Montreal game, he said he was making, he was, he was a danger to the team uh, because of his decision making. This time, he basically says, I need 11 players that are going to work hard. Um, and the, the last thing about it is we saw Julian Gress in the locker room. Julian can hardly walk. He's and been he, taking he, hits
1: every game early, it seems and like. And yet,
0: DeBoer elected to keep him in and bring Pitti out. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I've, I've been a little bit longer on this train than I think Jason has. Uh, but I don't think that Pity is or should be an automatic starter right now, particularly if Barco comes back. Uh, for next Sunday's game at Seattle, which all these games are getting more and more important because Atlanta United keeps dropping points. They only have one win since the international break. The team has given up almost as many goals in the past four games from the international break as it gave up before the international break. Um, Frank says that's on not just on the defense. He says that's on everybody, mm-hmm. the whole team.
1: You're not controlling games in the same way. And when I say control games, it's something we talked about on on the full-time report in our post-game show. It's not always just possession. You you think back to the games in May, for example, and Atlanta United felt like they were in control of the majority of the games they played over that month where they had a great record. And some games, they had 60% of the possession. Some teams decided to give them control and decide to play as a reactive style. Other games where it was 50-50 in possession, it still felt like Atlanta controlled it because they weren't giving anything up. They haven't had that since the break. The Open Cup games have been kind of topsy-turvy. Montreal is the only game that you controlled from start to finish because Montreal said, here, you control it. We don't want to. There's been too much back-and-forth play. And that's not what this team was doing at its best. They have to get back to that. And in some games, you are going to control it by possession. Other games, you're going to control it by limiting chances for the opposition. But either way, you're better defensively when you're in control of the match. And Atlanta just hasn't been that team since the match against Chicago here.
0: Yeah, if they've got some troubles. Um... and
1: but But also, that being said... There are plenty of teams in this league with bigger troubles. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and that's the. Then I think that's where you get into the sky is falling stuff. Like no, today especially, if you said at, before the day, if you said it's, it's going to be a draw, that's not a shock between these two teams. No,
0: I picked a. I think I
1: picked a draw. You picked a loss. I picked. I a picked draw. a
0: loss. Okay. I did not <laughs> I pick a
1: three-three draw. actually. <laughs> but it's because of the way you give up that point that it feels different. You dropped two points here that you should have put in your back pocket, and you dropped a point in Toronto. Now, the Toronto one was kind of taken away from you with a dodgy penalty, but then you had a chance with a penalty to take it back, and you didn't. That's three points. That could be the difference between hosting a playoff match or going on the road, and everything's knockout now. Those points are are critical, and the the competition's only going to get more severe over the next few weeks.
0: And just looking at some more stats, Justin Miram, three shots, one on target, of course his goal, but he created three chances. Great game for him. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, Nagby, two shots, neither on goal. I don't remember Nagby shots. Uh, Pitti, two shots, neither on goal. He has cut out the long-range shooting, so that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> I think they credited a shot as that cross that he tried to hit on the free kick. They must have counted that. No, Bishy
1: had a shot that missed by about a
0: foot wide. It was I a great shot. I remember that one. Yeah, that uh, was a great shot. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, anyway, I, I'm just not quite clear what to do with him at this point. No,
1: I mean, but, and that's the thing. That's what's hard about it is, you know, was it – was anybody in the world saying that he's not a good enough player for Atlanta United when he was purchased?
0: No, that's why all this no is, is so bizarre. No in
1: the world said it. So, you have to to try to figure it out. You have to try to, in some ways, play through it. And right now, if he's not part of your your best eleven, when you decide it for each game, because that's how it's going to go over this next month, it's going to be game by game because of all the games you're playing. If he's not there, he's not there. Then he's got to contribute off the bench. Brandon Vasquez has played his way into a spot where he came on and gave you something in the second half that was needed. He gave you that energy that you needed. I wouldn't have thought that would have been the case two months ago no. at all.
0: Um, all right. Well, we're, we're going on 20 minutes here, so we're going to wrap this up. Jason, what do you have upcoming?
1: Oh, we got Overreaction Monday tomorrow. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning on the Soccer Down Here app, which you can download in whatever app store you so choose. Uh, It's also at SoccerDownHere.net and at Spreaker on their platform. Uh, We will have pre- and post-game coverage on soccer down here for Wednesday. We will not have a radio broadcast on Wednesday because ESPN has all of the rights to the U.S. Open Cup, including radio, even though they don't provide a radio broadcast. Uh, We can't do it. We tried. We can't do it. So... All that is at Soccer Down Here. We'll give you start times and, and closer. Follow us at Soccer Down Here. Follow me at Long Shoe. And if you get a chance, go check out the piece I wrote over at Soccer Down Here about the data graphic team that was honored here at halftime today. Uh, their 1979 National Amateur Cup team. That was their first year of existence. They went on for, for 20 more years. and. Are one of those clubs in Atlanta soccer that really left a big legacy, and there's so many coaches and players and administrators around soccer in the state now that came through Data Graphic in some form or fashion. It was a really important part of Atlanta's history, and I loved that the club recognized them today, and that so many people from that team were here.
0: Yeah, I was telling uh, Jason, my dad played against Data Graphic uh, a long time ago in adult leagues. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I've already posted the game story. Uh, one of our super talented interns is writing a, a sidebar on Joseph and then another sidebar on the woes of the defense since the international break. I'm going to follow the player ratings. I filed a sidebar on Jeff Wernowitz's red card. I hope you'll find all that informative and entertaining and you'll consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is Doug Robertson, Atlanta United three-three draw with Red Bulls on June seventh, twenty nineteen, here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'll be at the U.S. Open Cup game against St. Louis on Wednesday at Kennesaw State, and then I'll be in Seattle next Sunday when Atlanta United takes them on. Thank you. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades—an AJC original, the Monica Pearson
1: Show. Let